Oh, we have uh, we have actor Sean Penn uh, back from uh, back from Ukraine. He's moved on to the next uh, topic, uh, gripping uh, liberal hearts and minds, which are the January 6th hearings. Ooh. <laughs> he, he was spotted in the front row observing. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. What do you Dude, mean? That guy watches so much news. It is incredible. He, Sean Penn is one of the number one overall news heads in North America. <laughs> He's like, I got to get to this. I got to see it firsthand. <laughs> exactly. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's love of the game. When you say front row seats, like... Like, actor Sean Penn traveled to Washington, D.C. to watch in person the 5th January 6th committee hearing. I'm just here to observe. How does he get to do that? I don't know. How does he get to go to Ukraine when it's popping off? I'm just here to observe. He's an election observer. Literally. (laughs) If you're still in line, stay in line. Oh, he's American. He just has such a British name. He does, and such a British face. Yeah. Sean Penn is in the hearing room today as just another citizen, he told us. <laughs> That's so fucking weird, man. Asked what he thinks about the hearings, he said, We all saw what happened on 1-6. Now we're looking to see justice. Oh. <laughs> the Queen will receive an inflation-defying bonus of nearly 30 million pounds from the public purse over the next two years, thanks to an obscure rule which means her income cannot go down. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's 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 so funny that the the you know the tax dollars that the royals get to steal from the British is called the public purse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so some brave American politicians were uh, sanctioned by Putin. Wait, really? Including wait, what? Including <laughs> podcast favorite Chuck Grassley. <laughs> Wait, how so? And he issued a response. Well, you know how you Trump know Grassley you know, can no longer do any business in Russia. Literally, <laughs> he cannot sell his soybeans and corn to Russia. You know how we've been like we're sanctioning Russian oligarchs and we're just like yeah. taking random rich Russian guys' boats, uh, <laughs> Russian guys that like we allowed to have parts of the you know state industries we privatized yeah. in the nineties. Uh, well, Chuck Grassley uh, got uh, like a. Uh, re- like a retribution sort of uh, sanction. And he said, I've been to Russia four times while in the Senate. I don't HV plans to go again. So Putin <laughs> sanctioning me is no big deal. I wear it as a badge of honor. Obviously, it's humanitarian shame. All the Ukrainians and Russians needlessly dying because of Putin's unjustified war. So uh, Chuck Grassley will never be returning <laughs> to the Red Square. <laughs> I wish Iran wasn't on the quick track to fast friends that it's on right now because of the global oil market because otherwise they could be publicly issuing fatwas yeah, that'd they, be very fun that, that would be beast so they, it's been a while since they've done that they maybe should get back on that yeah their last fatwa was notably larry david <laughs> season eight curb uh when Trump descended into rage, his staff resorted to summoning an aide nicknamed the Music Man to play favorite show tunes they knew would soothe him, <laughs> including Memory from the Broadway musical Cats. <laughs> there's a guy, there's some guy they kept in a closet in the White House. It's called the Music Man. It's called the Music Man, a one-man band they'd pull out to sing Trump to sleep when he was at his darkest. <laughs> Oh, the homo where the wind comes.
Come on, sing it with me. Sing it with me, Mr. Preston. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, we're on topic now. You guys want to? Uh, you guys want to start out here? Uh, yeah, we can start out. You send it. Yeah. <clears throat> You got weak weakling skittles. I I turned my mic off to open my skittles, but I just turned it back on to report. They've added lime back into the regular bag, guys. Ooh. Yes. Yep. They've purged green apple for the original lime up, baby. That's right, baby. Did you say lime up or lime up? It's lime up. Woo. It's the original lime up. Wait, I remember. Is that the advertising for it? Yeah. It wow. says it right here in a little yeah, cloud. I can't see that far, Just imagining pal. Don Draper writing that on a billboard. <laughs> the original Lima. <laughs> God damn it, Don! You've done it again. <laughs> he he does, They don't like the. They don't like the slogan. So he does some speech about how, like, when I was a boy, the world like, is limes. The world is limes. When I was a boy, I couldn't cry. But if I only had a lime. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one podcast reaching for your stealing wheel wheel on the left. I am your host, <laughs> Joe Mackey. My name is Danuary 6th. <laughs> That's pretty good. Alright, alright. <laughs> and I've got one hand on the wheel and one hand on my chief of security's fucking throat. <laughs> That's the theme of the episode this week, folks. Break stuff. <laughs> or <laughs> President Donald Trump's official motto. Now, we here at Boomer Death Squad have promised not to pay attention to January 6th. However, something funny happened. <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing. January 6th, these hearings, they've brought Trump out of his, uh, his sort of media drought. Uh, of no quotes for the last year or two. Yeah, this know? is just Howard Hughes when he had to go in front of Congress. <laughs> yeah, we've been really missing our boy and all of his zany sayings. Yeah. And uh, the fun thing about these hearings is uh, supposedly they can't lie. Everything they're <laughs> saying has to be true. <laughs> so, I mean, what, are they going to lie to God against I, the Bible? Are you kidding me? We lie to God every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I feel like there should be higher stakes than just you can't lie. You should be hooked up to some sort of machine. <laughs> yeah, if you do lie. In France, you are allowed to lie at your own trial in like, defense rules. of yourself, and you just have to convince them. <laughs> <laughs> the French have really cool rules when it comes to criminals, like culturally. <laughs> like they love like cat burglars and like robbers. Like right. if you're just really good at theft and you don't kill anyone, the French like love you. Right. You curl, you curl your mustache. What, you get a what? parade. Ex literally. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, he's he's got the swag. All right. Uh, so we are going to start out uh, this episode this week uh, in CNBC. Um, we're, we're going to the mainstream media, folks. Yeah. We're wading into. The swamp. <laughs> but you can't go anywhere else for uh, January 6th news because, you know... That's all they fucking talk about. Yeah, exactly. That and how noble Ukraine is <laughs> as a country. And that has lost a lot of headline due to January 6th. <laughs> all right, so the first, um, first little incident we got uh, this week is... Trump lunged at Secret Service agent in rage when told he couldn't go to Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> Aid testifies. <laughs> That's so cool. This is by Dan Mangan. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> gonna... A man who a man gan who needs no introduction. A <laughs> uh, man gan named Dan, Dan. Man Gan. <laughs> I'm sure that is actually how you pronounce his name. Uh, and I, I won't. Why not? I won't be amending that. Uh, and uh, he he starts out here. Former President Donald Trump lunged at a Secret Service agent in a rage in the presidential limousine when told he could not be taken to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, a former White House aide testified Tuesday. Quote, I'm the effing president. Take me up to the Capitol now, Trump insisted, according to the aide, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, describing what she was told had happened in the limo that day by another White House aide, Tony Ornato. <laughs> <laughs> this is a he said, she said of the people hired to be trustworthy in Donald Trump's staff, just yeah. aides. Yeah. Yeah, a loose-lipped Italian, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's his party. He can cry if he wants to. Let him go to the Capitol. It would have been Thank so you. funny if Donald Trump was, like, holding up the rope for the people. Literally, he led the siege. Like, Stannis. Yeah. <laughs> Trump also grabbed the steering wheel of the limo in a fury after learning he would not be taken there, Hutchinson said. This is this is just I I no, I shouldn't do Game of Thrones references. It's too late. <laughs> I was, I just cuz I saw it late doesn't mean to say this is just like when Stannis was charging into King's Landing and his <laughs> own guys pulled him away like we can't win. We're not going to win. <laughs> Yeah, Trump's like, why the fuck are you holding me back, bro? I mean, he is the president. Don't hold they should have let him go. <laughs> yeah, but they were like, sir, the security's <laughs> been compromised by <laughs> patriots. <laughs> uh, Hutchinson, who served as a top aide to Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, revealed the dramatic in, uh, incident for the first time at an abruptly scheduled hearing of the Select House Committee investigating the January 6th riot. Blah, 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 blah. Trump wanted to go to the Capitol that day after speaking at a rally outside of the White House to supporters, whom he urged to march with him to Congress and, quote, fight against the ongoing confirmation of President Joe Biden's electoral victory. If, uh, if, so if the president attacks one of his Secret Service agents, do the rest of them have to help him attack that agent? <laughs> I think <laughs> that's an excellent point. It's like Fallout followers. <laughs> There's no difference. Yeah, as as soon as he goes aggro, they all follow. Yeah. There's no difference between this guy and Feindall. <laughs> the wolves in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but White House uh, lawyers were strongly opposed to Trump doing so, fearing that it could lead to charges of inciting a riot or interfering with the Electoral College certification process. Pat Cipollone, or Chip Chipalone, who at the time was White House counsel, warned staff, quote, we're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if Trump went to the Capitol, Hutchinson testified. Pat Cipollone, <laughs> Italian crime expert. Yeah, every person in this story is an Italian with loose lips. <laughs> it's just Italians telling tales <laughs> outside of school. Trump needs to be around Italian guys. He's like, you know I had the mob in here, right? <laughs> and it's just any Italian guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He just wants to feel connected. He's making random Italians, like, he's giving them government positions. He's like, and you're going to get that job done for me, right? They're very good at getting jobs done. Um, but she said that when Trump ended his rally, he was still under the impression from Meadows that it was still possible for him to go to the Capitol and likely to happen. 
Trump then got into the presidential limo, known as, quote, the Beast, <laughs> Secret Service Special Agent Bobby Engel. Also Engel, what I'm known as. The head of the president's protective detail. So, uh, once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol. And when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, you don't have the assets to do it, <laughs> said Hutchinson, uh, citing what Orinato later told her. Is that not worded weird? Whatever, I'm high. It is worded weird. Um, Engel told Trump, quote, it's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing, Hutchinson said. The president had a very strong, very angry response to that. Uh, Tony described him as being irate. <laughs> it's um, yeah, that's what Tony said. <laughs> he was irate. Uh, this this fucking goofball on the Secret Service. He he chose the worst wording. You don't have. You can't tell Donald Trump he doesn't have the assets to do anything. It's like I have the assets to do anything I want to. I have all the assets in the world. It's just so great. It's such great symbolism that on the day that he was no longer going to be the president, something he became just so no one could ever tell him to do anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just tells him no. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> That's probably when he realized it wasn't going to work out for him that day. Yeah, dude. He just he popped a couple Chinese Sudafed, he grabbed the wheel, and he said, guess who's going to jail tonight? <laughs> God's going to post his bail tonight. <laughs> Uh, Trump said something like, quote, I'm the effing president. Take me to the Capitol now, she testified. <laughs> uh, when Engel then refused again, Trump, quote, reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel, she said. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. <laughs> Trump then used his free hand to lunge toward Bobby Engel. <laughs> he pounced like a cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he stuck his hand in his face like this. He's like, <laughs> he was once the fastest baseball player in New York. <laughs> he tries to start <laughs> scratching his eyes. Yeah. Most stolen bases out of anybody. Uh, when Onato told Hutchinson this, he motioned his hands toward his clavicle. She said. <laughs> Hutchinson also testified uh, that when she saw Engel sitting in the White House after the incident, he looked, quote, somewhat discombobulated and lost. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. This fucking sucks. I'm, I'm taking Havana Syndrome leave. <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting $200,000 from Biden. Uh... Trump later Tuesday denied Hutchinson's account and criticized her in a series of posts on his social media site. That was cool. It did bring him back to truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. It made him start retruthing. Right. Or truthing, uh, rather. Quote, he never her... Never <laughs> No, he's original. <laughs> her fake story that I tried to grab the steering wheel of the White House limousine in order to steer it to the Capitol building is sick and fraudulent. Very much like the unselect committee itself. <laughs> the unselect committee. Get they ass, Donald. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't even have been possible to do such a ridiculous thing, Trump wrote. What? Wouldn't have even been possible. <laughs> Couldn't possibly reach up there. It's too far away. <laughs> I was sitting down. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's uh, that's the first thing that we have about Trump on uh, the fateful day. He shouldn't deny that. That's cool. <laughs> He's a rebel. Yeah. 
I'm fighting the deep state. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure in this car with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> because your bodyguard made you be grounded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next next article we got. What we know and don't know about what Trump did on January 6th by Amber Phillips in the Washington Post. They're going to necklace Mike Pence. They're going to wrap a tire around him and fill it with lighter <laughs> fluid. They're going to light him up. <laughs> We're staying once again in the lamestream media, folks. You got it. Because, holy shit, do they have coverage on this, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is an extremely long article that I cherry-picked, um, you know, not very much from. Uh, so uh, let's let's start out here. As the committee investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection weighs how much responsibility President Donald Trump holds for that violence, members have said that finding out what Trump did or didn't do that day is one of their top priorities. <laughs> I want to see his Hunter S. Thompson style schedule. <laughs> Uh, based on what's been publicly reported, there are substantial chunks of Trump's day that we don't know about, especially what he did during the 187 minutes of the attack before he released a video telling protesters, quote, go home. I love you. You're special. (laughs) (laughs) That was so cool. And I know he was playing League of Legends. The game ran a little bit longer. It happens. It happens, folks. Yeah, Baron was just fucking up jungle. They they couldn't end the game. <laughs> yeah, they're a family League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Eric is probably the worst at League. <laughs> Eric, you take back. Is that how it works? Is there a back to take if you're bad? I really, the only one I really know is Jungle. Yeah, I don't make, play that make game. Making Don Jr. play support, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you need to click faster, Don Jr. You're bad at clicking. <laughs> yeah, he's ADC. <laughs> he's, he, he, click he makes Don Jr. support him. <laughs> Perfect. Uh... We know Trump was working the phones all day, but official White House call uh, call logs go dark around the time protesters stormed the Capitol and start back up again after it's secured by the military. Working the phones all day. <laughs> Trump in, like, a little mini skirt in front of Don Draper's <laughs> office. <laughs> Sir, you have a call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Moving the phone from his left ear to his right. <laughs> Several new details emerged Tuesday afternoon when Cassidy Hutchinson, a former top White House aide, testified before the committee and shared what she saw and heard that day. She testified that Trump knew the protesters who gathered in Washington uh, on January 6th had weapons, and he encouraged them to go to the U.S. Capitol anyway. I guarantee, like, the thing Trump thought the moment he saw her, like, on the stand, he was like, I knew it. I knew she was no good. I took one look at her. <laughs> I knew she was going to They said, rat. no, calm down, but I have an eye for these things. I do. <laughs> I tried telling John Gotti. I said, watch out for that Sammy the Bull. I really I tried to tell him. He didn't listen. For months, Trump had been pushing false election fraud claims and tried to pressure Republicans to help him overturn the results in states he lost. When that failed, his attention turned to Washington. He appeared at a Stop the Steal rally down the street from the Capitol invited his supporters. Be there. We'll be wild, he had <laughs> tweeted the previous month. <laughs> BYOB. Yeah. Banger. Guys pay five, girls get in free. <laughs> Yanger next weekend. Come through the back door. Use the password. Uh, Far-right groups who had been in, uh, in and out of the city protesting for weeks heeded the call. 
Uh, here's what we know about Trump's actions on January 6th and the major questions that still remain. So uh, I, I'm really I'm skipping around anything that's not immediately funny here, um, which I think includes all of the major questions, because... <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> uh Around 11 a.m., Trump meets in the Oval Office with his family members. I choose to believe that he slept in till now. (laughs) (laughs) He just strolled out of bed. (laughs) Yeah, he's in his jammies. (laughs) Uh, Around 11.20 a.m., he talks to Pence on the phone. Ivanka Trump, a White House advisor, told the committee she heard her father take a, quote, different tone than he ever had with Pence. And another aide told the committee he called Pence the, quote, (laughs) P-word. P-word. Penis. You're being quite a penis, Mike. You're a penis, Mike Pence. You're cowardly. Like like a shriveled up penis. More like Mike Penis. More like Mike Penis, folks. Is it cold in here? Is that just Mike Pence? Uh, Then Trump heads out to the Stop the Steal rally just outside the White House that his allies had organized. Shortly after this, official White House call logs go dark. <laughs> they should have always been dark. What kind of glass-nosed shit have we been running on where you can see who the president's talking to on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, man. Go dark. <laughs> uh, you can see Joe Biden's phone. It's just 900 missed calls from Juan Guaido. <laughs> <laughs> Please. He's almost... He's almost out of money. He's living in like a men's shelter in New York. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I used to be the president. The plot of rent has happened to Juan Guaido. <laughs> Five hundred twenty-five <000. laughs> in sanctions. Uh. <laughs> Trump was in a tent before the speech when he was informed that his supporters in D.C. were armed to the teeth. The January 6th Congressional Committee said supporters came to his Stop the Steal rally on the National Mall armed with weapons. Pepper spray, knives, brass knuckles, stun guns, body armor, gas masks, batons, and blunt weapons. (laughs) Blunt weapons. The Trump Club Caucus. That's so sad. Didn't a bunch of them have guns? Why didn't they? In in their, like, fear-mongery article, why didn't they mention the guns? A bunch have guns, but they have to mention the contingent of men with (laughs) guns. Bow staffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bikers wielding lead pipes and chains. Uh, and Trump was told many of these people couldn't get past security. Hutchinson testified that Trump was mad that Secret Service wasn't letting these armed supporters into the rally, which Trump has denied. I guarantee he wasn't mad. He was like, what the fuck? The, this is who they are. They're all like this. <laughs> well, well, quote, I was they- in the... They've always had clubs. They've always brought the clubs. <laughs> Since we started doing this, there's been clubs. I, I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I don't fucking care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. <laughs> he's the truest Republican because he's like, it's all fake. It's fake bullshit. <laughs> he's like, I got plot armor, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming at it today on top. <laughs> uh, around 1.10 p.m., uh, Trump's uh, speech ends, and hundreds more people begin marching up to the Capitol. 
Trump has said he wanted to join the march. Uh, Secret Service tries to clear a route, but the head of the president's security deems it too risky. Trump got back in his heavily fortified car and tried to wrestle the steering wheel <laughs> away from the head of the Secret Service detail to go to the Capitol. Uh, blah, 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 blah. This is all we just read. It would be crazy if he went there and was just like out in the crowd and they were like, so, like literally like had such devotion and were so enamored by him that they like ripped him to shreds. You know what I mean? Just, just <laughs> hey, everyone needs a piece. I'm Literally, <laughs> they just pull, they just pull him to pieces. It's like a metalocalypse concert. <laughs> you see him just slowly, slowly getting swallowed by the crowd. That's what I mean. Is like the, the liberal anti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like anti. Tifa was in the crowd. <laughs> they pulled the president to yep. death. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Ayatollah funeral in Mao too. After Trump returns to the White House, uh, after Trump returns to the White House. The official White House call logs and his daily diary say nothing about what Trump did or whom he called or talked to for the next several hours as the attack unfolded. His daily diary. All quiet on the Western Front today. <laughs> he was on the roof talking to ZZ Top for four hours. <laughs> None of it was recorded. It's between them and God. <laughs> Official White House logs give no indication of what the president was doing at this time. But based on committee interviews with his aides, it looks like he was mostly watching it on TV from his private dining room just outside the Oval Office. Oh, no, he had a four-hour-long dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the silence chamber from Dune talking to the Sardaukar trying to make it happen. <laughs> Former White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham said that Trump was, quote, gleeful as he watched the attack unfold, and the committee says he even cheered on chance of hang Mike Pence. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, yeah, fucking loser, why did I make him my vice president? <laughs> quote, maybe our supporters have the right idea, Trump remarked to his aides. <laughs> The best part about Trump announcing again is the prospect of the next Trump vice president. Oh, yeah. Right, because it's not going to Pensy Boy. No, no. chance. Not going this to Mike one, Penis. This one better listen. Uh, even though the call logs don't show it, we know from reporting that Trump uh, talked on the phone to at least two Republican lawmakers at some point during the attack. As rioters were breaching the Senate chamber, Trump mistakenly called uh, Senator Mike Lee, expecting to talk to Senator Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally called the used car salesman with an evil face instead of the football coach. <laughs> you know he wanted to talk to the football coach. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was looking for the guy from TV. I was looking for the handsome one. <laughs> Can you please hand the phone to, to the, the bigger star? man? <laughs> Who's the big star? <laughs> uh, Lee handed the phone over and Tuberville and the president talked for a few minutes before police evacuated lawmakers the call was short, short. not very good Mr. President Tuberville responded when Trump asked how it was going as a matter of fact they're about to evacuate us I know we've got problems Trump responded <laughs> with the post reporting <laughs> this is just how he responded to any crisis at his company ever. <laughs> I know we've got problems <laughs> I I don't know if I've ever addressed this on the podcast, 
But I, I, I'll bring it up now because I don't think we've talked about Tuberville too much. I was so bummed when I found out he was a thin man. I thought he was going to be like tubish in appearance. You Wait, know? he's not a big like Humpty Dumpty style fella? No, he's a thin old man. What? I thought he was like 38 and like the right. Pillsbury Doughboy. And yeah, and massive, like tubish. But <laughs> no, no he's, he's 70 and drinks like evil carrot protein every day <laughs> and he's going to live forever. Let me, let me show you a picture of, look at him. Oh, he looks like Joe Manchin. Tuberville sounds like a town full of fat, <laughs> happy people, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy. Uh, but I digress. Yeah, uh, let's let's finish up this article here um, with uh, the last thing that I cared about. Um, about about Trump's day. Uh, 4.17 p.m., Trump releases a 60-second video he recorded in the Rose Garden telling protesters to go home. It takes him three tries to record it, and it is couched in language supporting the attackers. Go home. We love you. You're very special, he says. He returns right back to the Oval Office. <laughs> this picture of Tommy Tuberville holding a tiny football. <laughs> you know, maybe running sports is really the wave that we need to get on. If John Fetterman does not win in Pennsylvania, we will only know that Joel Embiid would have. He should run one day. Like, he has, he has, you know, great achievements to still do in sports. But one day, after he's, you know, before they induct him into the Hall of Fame, he should, he should become a state senator of Pennsylvania. Yeah. The or the governor. Yeah, the president should just be whoever's the best player on the 76ers at yes. any given time. <laughs> James Harden staying with the 76ers. It looks like a Boomer Death Squad basketball news update. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm fucking rooting for President Embiid. Are you kidding? Yeah, that, I want him to be the president. They should amend the Constitution where if you're from <laughs> the, uh, the United... If you were born in the United States of America or Cameroon, <laughs> you can be the president. <clears throat> All right, um... So let's uh, let's 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 get away from this liberal news media bias, shall we, folks? Um, you know, the 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 fake news media is just absolutely clogging the airways with January sixth talk. And so, if you want to cleanse your palate at all, read about anything else. You got ahead to WayneDupree.com. That's right, folks. We're on to our Patriots only section. <laughs> That's right. Narcan for a soy overdose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know it, 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 Missy Missy Crane in the brain, <laughs> insane in the crane. <laughs> uh, well, I, I really appreciate the um, the title that Missy gives this um, this article because it really piggybacks off of uh, our what we just talked about. Speaking of the Secret Service, sources claim Vice President Biden would swim naked in front of female agents. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh, yeah, thanks, Missy. Wrote a transition for us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Missy. Speaking of... <laughs> oh, dude, what a great idea. Well, hello, ladies. <laughs> Would you like to ride my bicycle? And he's just showing his very, very long balls because he's <laughs> still 100 years old. Four times as long as his penis. He spoke with a supporter, and they said, you should be more like JFK, and this <laughs> is what he thought they meant. Yeah. All right, um... Let's let's get into the real news now, shall we? Uh, I apologize if you just ate and are now uh, about ready to upchuck your meal. The mere thought of Biden's saggy, frail body on full display in a backyard pool is enough to make me gag up my pancreas. So uh, imagine it's how hot. 
<laughs> yeah, Joe Biden definitely looks better with his shirt off than Donald Trump. <laughs> definitely. That's without a doubt, yeah. But I would I would pay a five to see Donald Trump with his shirt off before <laughs> I would pay a five to see Joe Biden with his shirt off. <laughs> Joe Biden with his shirt off could be so cool. He's probably totally translucent. Like, you can see all of his organs. <laughs> <laughs> They have to tint his skin every morning. <laughs> <laughs> They're painting me again, Mac. <laughs> so imagine how the female Secret Service agents felt who had to guard this perverted old buzzard. I gotta say, Missy, raids, uh, Missy raises a, a fairly good point here. I think it's bad that Joe Biden did this. What say you guys? I think you should only be allowed to do it to men. But <laughs> <laughs> he should have to do it. Uh, back in 2014, a book came out from a former SS officer. What? <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, interesting abbreviation. <laughs> Claiming that sources within the agency who worked on Biden's detail claimed he would swim naked in front of female agents. And it would make them ex- uh, feel extremely uncomfortable. Gee, you think? Sickening. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I agree with Missy here. <laughs> Back in 2014, U.S. News report, uh, reports that Vice President Joe Biden enjoys swimming without a bathing suit, a new book claims. <laughs> Misbehaving. <laughs> I can get behind that. Joey and I have heard a terrible story about bathing suit netting. So bathing suits <laughs> are not safe. I cut the netting out of oh, yeah. every bathing suit I use because of it. Absolutely. Yep. Bathing suits are not safe. Uh, Biden, who's flirting with a run for president in 2016, gives Secret Service agents an eyeful both of his Delaware home and at the vice president's official residence in Washington, D.C., according to The First Family Detail by Ronald Kessler. Uh, The book relies on named and unnamed sources to describe lifeguarding prominent politicians, including Biden, former President Ronald Reagan, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and President Barack Obama. This is why Joe Biden is truly the president for our era. Doing, like, the LBJ thing where you show reporters your big dick, but you're just showing them your, like, small old dick that doesn't work. (laughs) You're like, why, hello there. (laughs) You try try and slam it on the table, but you just have to kind of, like, inch up to the table and, like, set it there. Yeah, this is what he should have done every time anyone asked him anything about Afghanistan. Should have started taking his clothes off. (laughs) The president has stripped down for the fifth time today. <laughs> uh, quote, agents say that, whether at the vice president's residence or at, uh, or at his home in Delaware, Biden has a habit of swimming in his pool nude, Kessler writes in his book, due for release August 5th. Th- how many times has, has Missy <laughs> put this qu- fucking quote in this article? Plug this book. This is a classic Wayne Dupree ad. <laughs> That's true. Uh, female, female Secret Service agents find that offensive, he writes. Biden likes to be revered as everyday Joe, an unknown agent uh, told Kessler. But the reality is, no agents want to go on his detail because Biden makes agents' lives so tough. Yeah, he's got dementia, but he's also evil. You're working for, like, I don't know, Andy Warhol, basically. (laughs) In addition to the alleged skinny dipping, agents are reportedly irritated by frequent last-minute trips to Delaware. A Biden spokes. Uh, I would hate to be made to go to fucking Delaware. <laughs> like suddenly. Yeah, at all. He suddenly is even worse. Pack your bags. Going back to the first state. <laughs> Hope you have some purchases in mind. 
a Biden spokeswoman would not address the claims on the record. A spokesperson for the Secret Service did not immediately respond to a request for comment. This sounds right on par with Joe, doesn't it? And it also sounds like his creepy crackhead son as well. <laughs> also as well. Hunter's always parading around naked in front of, uh, naked in all of his gross videos and pictures. <laughs> Must be a Biden thing. The rotten apple didn't fall far from the tree with this disgusting duo. It's a Biden thing. <laughs> so Missy wraps it up there, uh, but... Joe Biden and Hunter Biden naked swimming in a big pool together. <laughs> this is something that's probably happened. Yeah, uh, they, Biden does strike me as the kind of guy that would shower with his kids. Yeah. He does like the Tom Brady lip kiss thing. <laughs> I love my son. Longer, Mac. You gotta be a longer kiss, Mac. I, 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 do you not love me? Longer, Mac. Longer. And he's talking about Hunter's balls. Yeah. <laughs> One day they'll be like mine, Mac. They'll drag on the floor behind you like a wedding dress. And All then right. he gets sad because he thinks of his wedding. <laughs> so we're done uh, with the article, but we have some classic style Wayne Dupree ads. Uh, for you here, folks. We will be wearing these shirts to our first live show. <laughs> the first one is, all right, so it's their Under Armour, but they're like polo button-ups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With American flags, like, really big on them. It says 1776 on the breast. The one is like a cycling jersey. Yeah, they're, I, I cannot stress how hideous these fucking shirts are. I'll uh, post them on the Instagram. It's 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 a, a, a website called Kotozen up to and it says up to fifty percent off. Kotozen? I don't know. It's a very weird name. It looks exactly like the clothing they sell on like DHgate. <laughs> like funny cool yeah. tough guy shirt, America new. <laughs> <laughs> uh this next one is in performance golf zone. <laughs> and it's Uncle Junior not holding his swing very well. Eight minute swing cheat. <laughs> and it's how how they get Uncle Junior is Dom Chianese on hard times. This guy looks a lot younger than Uncle June. Not gonna lie to you. Oh oh yeah yeah you're right. Zooming in, he's like a guy in his fifties. He's just bald. <laughs> he's, he's just a bald, bald guy. <laughs> uh, next one is uh, Tucker Carlson says goodbye. Report. <laughs> That's some great clickbait on the right wing site. Oh, yeah. They're like no. <laughs> It's him scratching his head, looking concerned. Uh, he has to say goodbye. <laughs> the next one is a classic Wayne Dupree style poll. How many people signed the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> 56 or 35? It's a quiz. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I don't know. So Who cares? Sound Shit. off in the comments if you want to answer that one. Extra credit. They're all drunk. It doesn't count. You, <laughs> they're no signing one. It was one document. man named John Hancock. <laughs> yeah. His was the only one that mattered. Um, and the last one... Uh, Woke Walmart has joined the cancel culture mob. Use code Wayne at MyPillow.com to fight cancel culture and support Mike. <laughs> Gotta support Mike. Gotta. Prayers up for Mike. Woke Walmart. Imagine being like a super conservative in like, I don't know, any place in the South or the West where there's no industry but a Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, shit. Yeah. This is all I had. <laughs> But you're not you're not based enough to be able to live off the <laughs> land. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so we're done with um, <laughs> we're done with the most recent national tragedy. Uh, but we're gonna move on to uh, one that you know maybe not not as important. I'd say as January sixth. What do you guys think? 
Uh, definitely not. January 6th <laughs> definitely takes the cake in yeah. terms of lives lost. Uh, <laughs> you know, like shockwaves out into the world yeah. in terms of like it, it mattering and its uh-huh. consequences. Uh-huh. We've got an article in today.com. How to talk to your kids about September 11th, an age-by-age guide. <laughs> <laughs> From so, a thousand times more people might have died on 9-11. Maybe. But I would argue the lives of um, <laughs> two police officers who shit themselves to death. <laughs> and um, that one insane lady who like ran into a gun saying, you don't scare me. <laughs> at least a thousand times more. Absolutely. And plus, I mean, like, think of all its consequences. Yeah, and we have declared a new war on terror as a result of both of them. Yeah. yeah uh, the, pre- <laughs> the previous one on uh, random states in the Middle East and this one on random uncles in New Jersey. <laughs> in middle America. Yeah, uh, this is by a woman named Raven Snook. <laughs> that snooky episode of South Park. There you go, Matt. <laughs> there you go. From time to time, I'll, I'll get a, like an like a article title in my head, you know, like a ridiculous article title, and I'll search it and nobody's written it yet. But this time, <laughs> what age is it appropriate to tell your child about 9-11? It, there's plenty of those articles out there on the internet. It's a hot topic, apparently. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let, let's, let's get into it. My daughter just turned eight, and for a long time I tried to treat September 11th like any other day. Un-American. <laughs> However, I don't know if that's really possible anymore. As parents, we should be the ones deciding when and how our kids learn about 9-11. But the fact is, even younger children may uh, no. may hear about it, no matter how much we try to protect them. As a young baby, uh, your child should think of 9-11 like Thanksgiving, Easter, <laughs> or Christmas. <laughs> or the 4th of July. You should have a candlelight vigil. You should steal every part of Hanukkah and do that, but in a secular way. <laughs> for 9-11. Yeah. It's, it's like, and you, you dread it as a child. It's like knowing you have to go to church for Christmas. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to the vigil for that 9-11 thing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to any town within... 2,000 miles of New York City that has just, like, a rock or a piece of metal <laughs> that they claim is from the tower. Yeah. Twisted half-inch half, half inch of I-beam. Yeah. <laughs> when talking to kids about any tragic event, you want to find a way to inform them without freaking them out. <laughs> we chatted with Dr. Lori Walsh, a New York State-based licensed clinical psychologist and a mother of three who specializes in parenting and anxiety, who shared her tips for talking to your kids about 9-11 at every age. <laughs> in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> like how some parents like play Mozart into yeah, the womb. Yeah, playing the, the footage from CNN in, <laughs> into the womb. <laughs> playing the true and non-bushed in 9-11. <laughs> 20-hour series. (laughs) That's a formative series. You learn a lot in that series. That's homework for this podcast. Making your baby schizophrenic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Lori Walsh uh, sounds like the name of like a, a child psychologist. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. it's a fairly plain name, but that sounds like the name of a child psychologist. <laughs> All right. And you want to f- inform a 
there. You want to figure out a way to inform them without freaking them out. It's like you're telling them about something <laughs> they don't need to know about. Yeah. Seriously, you're yes. trying to freak them out. Yeah, you know planes, those things you like to look up at in the sky. <laughs> Sometimes they crash into buildings. Those other things you like to look at, <laughs> and these a bunch that of you go in. people. <laughs> yeah, these things you go in. <laughs> All right, so uh, they started out here with preschoolers. Find out what they know. Quote, I always recommend asking what they know first, regardless of age, says Walsh. Start with, have you heard of 9-11? That gives you a great jumping off point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, like what a, are they? What? what, what? <laughs> jumping off point? <laughs> have you heard about 9-11? Find out your six-year-old's watching, like, racist YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, those videos where it's, like, Spider-Man and Barney get married. <laughs> and then there's just a random frame of the Twin Towers crashing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> am, am I overreacting with the turn of with the, the phrasing here? A great jumping off point. No, you're like, not overreacting. Like, they could have said anything. How could they let that go to print? That's crazy. <laughs> Editor was sleeping on that one. <laughs> uh, clear up any misconceptions. While we hope most young kids are blissfully ignorant of the attacks, you may be surprised by what they've gleaned. They pick up little pieces of information, and then they make up crazy stories because their four-year-old brains can't make sense out of it. Yeah, like Jeff Will can't melt steel beams. Uh, they, they should make a movie that's just interviewing like like four-year-olds about just be like have you heard of 9-11 and then ask no more questions and then just like whatever they say yeah. you know what i mean because they're right kids will just like make up shit you know what i mean that would be hilarious. yeah that would be a good youtube video that would be no not a youtube video it's like a documentary style film but they just okay. have you heard of 9-11 and then whatever whatever happens next like a kid say the darndest things type of thing the wonder shows him yeah wonder shows him it's important to correct any misperceptions. Keep it simple and succinct. There's no need to go into the horrors of the day. Just share the basics. 9-11 is a day that airplanes crashed into these really tall buildings called the Twin Towers. Uh, and then answer their questions simply. They don't need to see images or video, and they don't need the details, says Walsh. Don't tell them how many people died or that people jumped out of windows. I love that they're like, set, like hopefully nobody <laughs> needs to know that, but I'm sure there's plenty of people. Tell them there were, <laughs> tell them there were Arabs dancing on the buildings <laughs> in Jersey City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was Israelis yeah, dressed they as Arabs, yeah, right? Exactly. Which was later revealed to be Israelis <laughs> in the form of blackface. <laughs> <laughs> they they had no passports. <laughs> Make them feel safe. Whatever you say, end with the message that they don't need to worry. Even if, as an adult, you know that's not necessarily true. <laughs> <laughs> you they should be worried about 9-11 like you are a yeah. totally normal and functioning adult yeah you want them to feel that their little world is still secure even though it's not yeah even <laughs> though men in planes are coming to take everything you love away from you says walsh tell them there were so many brave people on that day firemen policemen and ordinary people who went to help Remind that the mommy and daddy are here to protect you, and that lots of people are working to make sure nothing like that ever happens again. Every kid's brain is melted, and they just watched, like, you know, Iron Man 17 a hundred <laughs> times. They think the Avengers are real. <laughs> They're fine. Yeah, why didn't they stop 9-11? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why they, they should think interview they did. these kids about 9-11. Yeah. 9 <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it is it is fun, uh, like growing up and like shedding like the childhood like post nine eleven fear you got growing up in the two thousands, yeah. but then you get to inherit the living in the American years of lead fear. <laughs> oh yeah. Which is much more real. Yep. Well uh let's move up to elementary schoolers, shall we? <laughs> Again. Find out what they know and correct any misperceptions. School-age children have undoubtedly heard about 9-11 from their friends in the classroom and on TV. But all my friends are always talking about (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. Yeah, elementary schoolers talking about 9-11, they're like, yeah, bro, actually, my dad did (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. My dad works for Microsoft and did (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. My dad's notch. (laughs) And he's in ISIS. Another kid's like, no, no, my dad was going to stop your dad from doing (laughs) 9-11. But it's still important to... he didn't, though. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still important to find out exactly what they know before you start talking. Keep it concrete. Know that they're older. You can share more information in a bit of context, but they're still too young to understand the big picture. Don't get into politics in the war on te- terror, says Walsh. Politics, war on terror, a little more context. I got to imagine she's tell- saying, tell them they were Muslims. Yeah, at, th- at this age, they're on TikTok. Yeah. They've seen several insane videos about 9-11. They believe things about 9-11 you or I could never even comprehend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elementary school kids don't have abstract thinking. They can't process different points of view. Stick with the facts. These men tricked people and hijacked the airplanes. That's why we have to go through all the security when we fly. Relate it to their world. Kids, like, only have abstract thinking. What's she talking about? <laughs> Related to their world. Um, maybe maybe my being poor is showing. Were you guys going on a lot of plane flights? Yeah. Not not that many. I think I've been on a plane, like, you know, f- three times as a kid, probably, and as yeah. a young one. Like, I don't even fucking remember it. Uh, I remember being so on a plane. So imagine being Probably four on times. a plane and your parents are trying to describe 9-11 to you. <laughs> when I, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I like knew about 9-11 and my parents were like, you can't talk about that in the airport. <laughs> they were like, you can't bring 9 don't bring up 9-11 in the airport no matter what you do. Seeing the TSA agents and getting really excited that you know it's because of 9-11. <laughs> yeah, literally. Turning to explain it to someone next to you. <laughs> did you know? Yeah, did you know that they're actually there because of 9-11? Well, it probably is stressful for parents now that I'm thinking about it, bringing like, you know, your, your violent seven-year-old old child through an airport in like 2006 <laughs> or whatever like yeah exactly playing mario you're like oh no a bomb a bomb <laughs> i'm gonna kill you <laughs> shit like that yeah yeah uh, playing no russian on your game boy advance <laughs> in the airport <laughs> in the airport mom mom look what i'm doing on this level i'm killing people in the airport <laughs> they're civilians mom yeah, i'm killing i'm killing civilians in the airport <laughs> I can't blow my cover. (laughs) (laughs) No Russian, Mom. She's getting dragged away. Ask them what they think. They're old enough to start sharing their feelings about what happened, pushed to 9-11. If they say it makes them feel sad or scared, you can admit that you feel the same way too, says Walsh. Then remind them that everyone's working hard to keep us safe. Give them coping skills. The average elementary schooler is a hotep. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't care that those crackers died. Land back. (laughs) Uh, 
All right. Next, the uh, the last one here is uh, middle and high schoolers. Start a conversation. At this point, you no longer need to tiptoe around the facts. Kids are developing their own thoughts and opinions about what happened. They're capable. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they're capable of nuanced conversations, says that, Walsh. That's what 4chan's for. <laughs> Son, we need to talk about oil. They may be far right or left of your own thoughts, but hear them out and then, uh, and then talk. Limit exposure to graphic <laughs> images and videos. People of all ages are disturbed by video uh, of the Twin Towers falling. And while there's certainly no reason to show that to preschoolers or elementary schoolers, older kids will undoubtedly be curious to see what happened. Try as much as possible to steer them away from sensationalized coverage, says Walsh. Find some tasteful images that aren't explo- uh, uh, exploitative or overly graphic. Your your high school child has seen videos of like cartels torturing yes. people to yes. death over like seven minutes and injecting them with drugs to keep them awake during the torture. Like they've probably seen the buildings fall. Yeah, and, and it's like find some lewds of the war on terror, <laughs> <laughs> some softcore. No hole, <laughs> no, <laughs> no hole is just the buildings before they were hit. <laughs> All right, remember, no hole. <laughs> uh, keep your kids' temperament in mind. Some adults handle things better than others, and that goes double for children. What an insight! <laughs> no bussin'. <laughs> if you have a kid who's uh, uh, very sensitive and is always imagining the worst case scenario, you need to respect that, says Walsh. But even if your teen does become distraught, remember, kids are remarkably resilient. Give it a day or two, and they'll be reimmersed in their own drama, which is developmentally appropriate. <laughs> okay. Your kid becomes really worried, and you try and talk to them about it, but after a couple of questions, <laughs> it becomes clear that they think they are the terrorist and they have to do it. <laughs> you program your child yeah. there, uh, there is no contingent for what if the kid thinks that uh, Bush did 9-11 why, why isn't she bringing this up there's there's not it's like my parents I don't think like to talk to me about 9-11 yeah there's no how to talk to your 23 year old about 9-11 I remember like a long time ago it was on an anniversary of 9-11 it was like before I knew anything about politics of course and there were it was you know my dad watching Fox like their 9-11 shit and they were doing something where they show like uh, a model of how the plane hit the Pentagon, and I remember watching it, and I was like, "Damn, that pilot was a fucking idiot. He could have <laughs> hit it. He could have hit it so much better than he did." And my dad was like, "Damn, what the fuck? What are you talking?" About? I was like, "Well, look, like he could have done so much more damage." <laughs> poor, yeah, poor coordination. Well, they're only aiming for a specific spot of yes, the Pentagon. Yes, yes, that's the thing. <laughs> I didn't know at the time that that's where the servers were housed. They only needed to hit a very specific spot of the Pentagon. It's it's funny, though, this idea that middle and high schoolers wouldn't have heard about 9-11. Because we're talking about, uh, you know, childhood 9-11 stories. From, like, at least second grade on, we talked about 9-11 in school every single year. Who didn't make 9-11 jokes? I mean, come on. Yeah, of course. 9-11 9-11 jokes, and then they're like, Every, everybody, we're going to do an extra Pledge of Allegiance today for 9-11 <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, like, we, we people have heard about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean's birthday was on 9-11. I forgot. Yeah. He, he's a child of hope. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. They, so they just bring everyone out. They're like, never forget. So many people died on this day. Day of solemn remembrance. Also, happy birthday, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget Sean's birthday.
well, that's well, well, that, that, that that's one way to make sure everybody knows when your birthday is. Yeah, you fucking you have guys hit some towers for you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're uh, finishing up here uh, with this paragraph. Model positive behavior. Don't sit around watching 24-hour news coverage of the anniversary. It's not healthy for you and certainly isn't for your kids. It's a good message for your child to see you turn the TV off, says Walsh. These things get addictive. It's healthy to say, it's healthy to say I've had enough. Sitting around watching... Walsh knows who the fuck they are talking to with this oh, article. Yeah, yeah oh, people sitting, watching yeah. the 24-hour news coverage yeah, it sounds like you're addicted to the news. That's fucking It seems like insane. you're a real news head, and that shit is bad for you. Going catonic yeah. during the 9-11, like, 19th anniversary special. <laughs> you don't even know anybody who died. You're just like, what a dark day for America. <laughs> no, exactly. They ride, or they raised Jason Derulo 3,000 feet into the air <laughs> in honor of 9-11. He's like, God bless America. <laughs> Jason Derulo will be singing God bless America. Suspended. Suspended from the Freedom Tower. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's uh, let's finish this episode up here. Um, we have a very short uh, little update in Real Raw News. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, the last time uh, we read Real Raw News, it was the uh, it was the Deep State Strikes Back, <laughs> and you know I hadn't checked it since then, but we did you know right before as we were doing the notes, and it turns out he hadn't posted a single update since. That one that we read, whatever, two or three weeks ago or whatever. So we know nothing about General Berger's presumed war against yes. Rear Admiral Crandall, Hand yes. of the Deep State. Exactly that. It's all maybe uh maybe Berger killed uh Baxter's uh rat. You know? <laughs> maybe. He's not getting drops anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately Michael Baxter himself has been executed. <laughs> Be the best way to stop doing it, say they got you. Yeah. Real Raw News reads like Kurt Cobain's suicide note. Suddenly it's just it's just different handwriting. Yeah. If this stops, I'm going back compiling all the articles into a book. <laughs> Dear Patriots. <laughs> Yeah, we should be we that's should a, be like saving all of these now just in case like <laughs> the Biden administration yeah, the yeah. final act of terror fucking wipes these from the internet. All right. Well, uh, we've got an article on my absence by Michael Baxter in Real Raw News this week, folks. First, I apologize for my extended absence. The news to which we are exposed sometimes overwhelms the best of us and mandates a break from reporting on the on the tumultuous turmoil that is the world we live in today. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, this is so lame. Yeah, he's having a mental health break. <laughs> he's hanging out with friends. He's a safe place. Yeah, safe space. Toiling through today's tumultuous toil. <laughs> well, he did you add a tongue I mean. twister. Uh, for reasons of personal safety, I prefer not to announce absences in advance, as the mainstream media and uh, fake news fact-checkers have already doxed me, making my own practically a matter of public record. Thus, I don't want them knowing when I'm away. <laughs> Dude, he went to the beach. <laughs> no, he went to the Poconos Casino I spent the last three days at. <laughs> Uh, no, so I just returned home from a 10-day trip to Alaska, a place I've always wanted to visit. I feel refreshed and reinvigor reinvigorated, and will be plotting full steam ahead to publish backlog and current content. Backlog? Yeah. <laughs> so he's been getting drops this whole time. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, he, yeah, he's... 
He's been writing pen to paper when he was in Alaska <laughs> in the wilderness. Getting he, delivered to him by Eagle. He, he, was, he was doing Grizzly Man, and he was just writing. He was like, yeah. Susan Sarandon has been executed. He's probably hanging out with my QAnon cousin in Alaska. <laughs> Canning fish. Yes, yeah, in the fish cannery. <laughs> it has been my dream to go work for 10 days in the dark in a fish cannery. <laughs> it's like four months, but you get 100 grand. I might it's the, ul- it's the ultimate trade. <laughs> Which way, Western man? Normal <laughs> life or uh, QAnon cannery man? To the final frontier. Yeah. You believe in canning, you believe in Q. <laughs> I call in I call in once a week and the evil like madam who runs the cannery is like, no podcasting and starts <laughs> fucking like beating me. <laughs> did you All see right. uh did you guys see the Q like yeah. teased his comeback? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, he started posting, and everyone was like, Q, where did you go? And then he replied to one of them randomly. First drop in, like, a year. Yeah. And he was like, this is how it must be. More coming soon. Yeah. And <laughs> he then was he like, are you ready for a new mission or something like that? He was like, no. Are you all ready to play another game? <laughs> <laughs> so fucking cool. Oh, I wish I was Q. Becky and Blake, you hit the side. God, I love being Q. I love being Q so <laughs> much. So sick being Q. Are you all ready for the game? <laughs> all right. Uh, let's finish this out here. Thank you for your patience and understanding. I appreciate everyone who takes time to visit Real Raw News and will double my efforts to ensure we continue to publish hard-hitting pieces that expose what's really going, uh, what's really happening behind the scenes. And this one had 85,000 visits, folks. Thank you, Michael Baxter. You are the real troops. Thank you, Mike. Uh, hit me up, Mike. I would like to start selling a conservative cock ring shaped like a Q. <laughs> Catch Let me, me in, know. Catch me in a Riddler suit covered in cues coming out to rock and roll number two when I become emperor. Bye. Mike, Mike, we can make some real money together. Let's reach out. Let's build together. Let's link up. His address is a matter of public record, apparently. We should yeah, send we, him a letter. We just go knock on the door. Come on, Mike. Me and you, White Guy Empire. What do you say? That's our first podcast documentary is fucking going to see Michael getting Baxter. It, yeah, and he shoots, like, one, he shoots two of us. <laughs> One of us dies. One is paralyzed. <laughs> this is the beginning. One of gets l- a career as like a MSNBC talking head. <laughs> the right. rest of our lives. This is this is the plot of this is the beginning of uh, a life aquatic. It is the oh my god. He's the fucking he's the leopard shark or whatever. <laughs> Do you think it remembers me? <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm the one who survives fully, I'd like to say I want a Tucker job as like spoiled socialist or something. <laughs> and I'll go on there and be like, I want health care. <laughs> yeah, they pay you to go on Truth Social and be like, actually Donald Trump is not it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing down Donald Trump on this platform, and everyone's like, no, no, you won't. <laughs> Trump has got to go. Retruth me. <laughs> Retruth if you agree. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to Boomer Death Squad. You can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death's Pod. We'll have a Discord link in the bio. I've been Joe. I've been Danny. I've been Matt. Bye bye. See ya. Listen.
Put your hands in the air for the boy, better no managing director Back to the front, left, right and center Listen up close and please remember My second name is, is the best, my first name's Skepta Undisputed microphone champion, ready for any contender Girls love boy, better no t-shirts like they love Lacenza So if you're wearing a boy, better no tea, let me see Prada ain't got nothing on me, Versace ain't got nothing on me I'm big in the game, see Duffy on MTV base Now I got a TV face, DJ Maximum on the CDJs Yeah, you done know the MySpace It's boy, better know all over the place I'm here I'm there, no matter how far or near, I'm there My name's on the bill, catch me, I'm there And if you wanna catch me, I'm there Still, I'm here, I'm there No matter how far or near, I'm there My name's on the bill, catch me, I'm there